COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. Our goal is to protect the lives and livelihoods of Australians. We have breaking news on a corona scare. The panic buying, self-isolating on a statewide level. Stop it. Welcome to Coronavirus Watch. Natalie Bongiolo and Ben O'Shea with you. Thanks for joining us. Ben, it was another encouraging day in WA with the statistics. Yeah, big time, Nat. Uh, eight new cases in w- WA today, seven metro area cases and one in the Kimberley, all adults, and we know where their origins of their coronavirus infections have come from, so it's massively encouraging, and it continues the downward trend of infections that we've seen in WA recently. Uh, brings the total number of cases in Western Australia to 400, uh, a couple of deaths, which is obviously very sad. In hospital, there are currently 56 people, 15 in the ICU, and many of those uh, have come from the Artania cruise ship. Uh, 92 people have recovered, which is good, great to yeah. hear. Uh, and in total, we've had 15,790 people who've tested negative to the to the virus. But obviously, we're waiting to see what will happen with the increased testing coming this week. Whether or not uh, we see a spike in cases will be a true test of whether there has been a community transmission in WA or not. We certainly hope there hasn't been. Yeah, and the the testing regime in Australia is leading the world at the moment. Uh, What are the cases looking like around the country? Yeah, nationally, we saw 273 new cases diagnosed today, which brings Australia's total to 5,133. Sadly, there were some more deaths today. Uh, we're bringing our, our fatality total to 24 people. There was one woman in Victoria uh, who was in her 60s uh, who died last night, uh, as also uh, a woman in her 70s uh, passed away as well, someone in Queensland too. So it, it's sad to see that, but hopefully there's been a, a slight improvement in the number of cases we're seeing each day. Hopefully there's a, a downward trend, uh, which is a response to some of the, the tough social distancing and other border closure measures that Australia has been taking recently. And I guess what we really want is the hope is that, you know, we're counting the numbers of cases and not the numbers of deaths, but around the world, it is pretty grim. It's very grim. Uh, We're nearly uh, approaching a million cases internationally, 937,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19 as it stands, uh, and 47,200 deaths. That number, the mortality rate has really spiked in the last uh, couple of days in places like the UK, in the US, uh, and other parts of the world where we're really seeing uh, a huge increase in the number of deaths, which you hope that there is some way to address that. But it will only be with extremely tough measures that Australia is doing and other countries are not. Yeah, that's right. Well, Premier Mark McGowan doubled down his efforts today to protect West Australians from not only the rest of the world, but he wants us to be protected from the rest of the country. This was an extraordinary announcement that we probably never thought we would hear in our lifetimes. Let's just take a listen. But I want the message to be absolutely clear to any West Australian over East who was thinking of coming back to WA. You need to come home to Western Australia and come home now. I cannot stress that enough. If you're an Eastern Stater and thinking about visiting Western Australia, forget about it. And while we're in this state of emergency, we need you to stay where you are. The quicker we can get through through this, the sooner we can get back to normal. In effect, we'll be turning Western Australia into an island within an island our own country. These are drastic steps, but also sensible and workable. 
I mean, he went on to say that if someone had suggested this to him a couple of months ago, he would have laughed about it to think that we would close our borders from midnight Sunday. Well, the idea of seceding from from the Commonwealth has been a running joke in Western Australia for 50 years, and to see it become a reality is shocking. There's no other word you can really use to describe it, but it's an example of Western Australia using its geographic isolation to its advantage in this instance. Usually, it's a massive disadvantage economically, culturally. We miss out on concerts. We miss out on everything, basically, because we're over on this side of the nation. But now, it's a huge advantage to us, and Mark McGowan is going to make sure that he gets every little bit of advantage out of that. The borders are going to be closed from midnight on Sunday. Uh, it's powerful to hear him say, if you're a Western Australian, you have to get back now because after midnight on Sunday, you won't be able to get back. That's the reality. Uh, they've checked with the Commonwealth, they've checked what the law is, and the, and they can't make uh, they can't make judgments based on whether you're a Western Australian or not. It's one size fits all you can't come through the borders. That is what it is. They're going to make. They might be making exceptions um, in cases where there's uh, people have to visit a, a sick or or dying relative. But a lot of this is still to be worked out. And I certainly would not be relying on any special dispensation to get through the borders. If you're from Western Australia and you're not here now, you got to get back by Sunday, or you might be stuck on the east coast for the foreseeable future. Yeah, Sandgropers, come home. This is your last chance. He also said he was so very proud of West Australians and he thought that we had shown, you know, true spirit and grit because we've had, you know, these intrastate borders imposed on us, which again is something we've never seen in our lifetimes and and never seen ever. So today, uh, 12,930 people approached the checkpoints. Most of those people were let through but 86 of those people were turned around. We didn't find out on what merit they were turned around, though. Mm. Yeah, well, people are, I think, unfortunately, the reality is, as we've seen here in the metro area, people will not take these things as seriously as they should, and they'll come up to a border. They probably won't have a great reason for doing so, uh, and the police are turning them around. Uh, But the fact that it was only 86 people out of nearly 13,000 shows the vast majority of us have appreciated the severity of this situation and the severity of keeping each other safe and are doing the right thing. And to me, that's that's a great sign. Yeah, and part of that is these new laws to protect WA's frontline workers introduced as well. Yeah, they're not mucking around. Uh, Both sides of Parliament joined forces today and the upper and lower house to pass this legislation, and it's going to protect public officers. You're talking about police, doctors, nurses, hospital and health service staff, bus drivers, prison officers, firefighters, SES and ambulance officers, all the first responders. And what it's going to mean is if you uh, assault one of these frontline workers uh, in term, if you've got like a coronavirus situation and you assault them in the course of their, their duties, you could face up to 10 years jail and even for threatening them, saying that you say that you have coronavirus when you don't, uh, to interrupt their duties, you could face up to seven years just for a threat. Uh, and these these harsh laws are required because the, the frontline first responders have so much on their plate at the moment and we're still only in the the infant stages uh, of this outbreak. And as things get worse, as unfortunately it's inevitable, they probably will, we have to ensure that these frontline staff are protected, uh, really protected from idiots.
Yeah, that's the thing. And for so many years, you know, um, people have used various ways of of trying to get rid of cops if they're trying to be arrested and 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 holding a syringe and telling them, yeah. oh, you know, I've got AIDS. It's a syringe of blood, exactly. I, I'll stab you with this syringe. To think now that anybody would consider coughing on a frontline worker is just disgusting. Mm. Well, we've seen it already. It's It's been happening in the last couple of weeks uh, because the, the reality is even though – us in the media and a lot of people in the public, it's easy to think that coronavirus is taking over everything at the moment. But the reality is there is still crime happening. There are still assaults happening. And the people who are committing these these crimes, these offences, are going to be looking for an excuse to either get away from police or just make life difficult for police uh, or, or hospital staff. And at the moment, this is a very easy way to do that. Yeah. Another thing that's obviously causing us grief at the moment is this cruise ship saga, which just refuses to go away. And we've spoken about the Artania each day, but it's not going anywhere. No, Mark McGowan must feel like he's between a rock and a hard place. And the hard place is the Artania cruise ship at the moment uh, because he's gone to the Australian government, the border force, for help to get to give the ship effectively a move-on notice. But the ABF has come back and said they can't really force the Artania to leave. And you can understand that from on humanitarian grounds. It's very difficult to say to a ship, head out into international waters, good luck with your crew, some of whom may have coronavirus and could die. You, you just can't really do that as a government. Uh, but from McGowan's perspective, he doesn't want the 450 crew members that are still on the ship. Who knows how many uh, who be, could be either carrying the coronavirus right now or could contract it in the coming days to eventually get to a point where they need treatment in Western Australian hospitals. Because it won't be it won't be people like us who have to deal with it. We're we're far removed from that those crew members, but it's our frontline health workers who will be having to treat them in the ICU in hospitals, who will then be increased risk of catching it themselves. It's a terrible, terrible situation. Uh, a lot of the crew members are foreign nationals. Uh, they're all foreign nationals, some from Indonesia, some from the Philippines. So maybe the best solution is to somehow disembark the healthy ones, put them on planes, send them back to where they came from. I know I know, uh, Mark McGowan and the federal government are looking at ways to do that right now. How long it takes remains to be seen. The ABF says we're not going to see it gone by the weekend. So the Artania, for now, is here to stay. Yeah, I mean, you can only imagine this kind of dilemma is the sort of thing that would keep Mark McGowan awake all night. This is such a humanitarian question and he's weighing up the protection of the people in his state versus the potential to save lives by letting that ship stay and be treated in our hospitals. It's an impossible situation impossible. and, and yeah. one, that, uh, one that the Premier would never have imagined he would have to make no. uh, even a month ago. No, that's right. Well, there was some good news around the country today and I think many, many people who are still working um, will be very relieved to hear that Prime Minister Scott Morrison has announced a major childcare relief package. This is huge, I think. It's A lot of people think that uh, the, the childcare for uh, essential workers applies only to health workers, police, people like that. But Scott Morrison made it very clear today that if you have a job in this economic cl- climate, it is an essential job. So no matter what you're doing, if you currently are employed and you need uh, childcare to look after your kids so you can go about your job, you'll be able to access that from now on for free. It's not going to be means tested like it was in the past. 
everybody will get access to free free childcare if they need it. But he has asked for people to use common sense. Don't take advantage of this offer. Only use it if you really can't look after your children in your own home. Uh, and childcare centres themselves, they'll also be the benefits of this. He was very clear in saying that this was also about keeping this sector alive. It's not just about giving parents somewhere to, to keep their kids. It's about keeping all of these workers in childcare centres employed, as many as possible anyway. Uh, and so the government is going to be paying 50% of the uh, rebates that they would have been getting from the federal government based on their enrolment levels two weeks ago before everybody started taking their kids out of the childcare centres. So I'm sure there are lots of uh, restaurants and pubs out there who are wishing that they were getting 50% of their clientele two weeks ago as well. But childcare centres will be looked after yeah. uh, and it's going to offer a facility for people to uh, have their kids looked after if they need to be in the workplace or if they even if they're working from home there might be a possibility to have childcare centres look after your kids. Uh, the government has recommended you contact uh, childcare providers uh, and talk to them about it. Uh, although, from what I hear, there is <laughs> there is some doubts about exactly what is happening, as has been the case with pretty much every That's right. new, new piece of legislation or guideline. There's a lot of uncertainty around it. That'll be cleared up in the next couple of days. That's right. It is an absolute moving feast and it changes not by the day or by the hour. It sometimes changes by the minute. And so we hear the announcements and then it takes time for it to filter through to people so they can work out how to actually access any of these services that are, are being offered. And you can really see um, at the Prime Minister's press conference today, you really could see the strain there. Um, he was very emotional and we'll just have a little listen to that. I suppose the really difficult issue for all of us is trying to imagine the world on the other side of this and to give your family some, some positive and encouraging news about how amazing Australia is and, and how we all come out of this. And uh, I think back to my grandmother um, and how she lived through the Depression. And I remember as a kid being told stories by my grandmother about what they used to do as a family to get through. And we're doing the same thing in our house. We're keeping each other entertained. As I said the other day, they're doing lots of jigsaw puzzles. Jigsaw sales are soaring, I understand. But, you know, you've just got to keep your family positive and stay connected and together. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to watch. It's tough, tough to listen to as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and regardless of what you think about uh, the job that ScoMo's doing or the job that Mark McGowan's doing or any of our politicians, you can never forget that they're, they're people as well. They're going through the same thing as us and they're asked to make such incredibly difficult decisions. They're not going to get them all right. Nobody is getting everything right at the moment. This is an unprecedented situation. No one has ever gone through th this before in their lifetimes. And yeah, hearing hearing ScoMo choke up like that, it just yeah. is a real reminder uh, of the cost of this uh, outbreak. That's right, because you know, w like you said, we are somewhat in our own bubble, and I know how it is personally affecting people who are just doing the bare essentials. But imagine if you had these decisions being weighed up on your mind, and mm. and really, I just don't even know how you would be sleeping at night. Um, moving to the US, terrible, terrible news about a little bubba over there. Yeah, a six-week-old baby has died from coronavirus, which will come as a shock to a lot of people because the, the common That's misconception right. out there is that COVID-19 doesn't affect kids. You don't have to worry about your kids. Certainly, the stats show that 
children are more likely to recover from the illness or not even show very serious symptoms from the illness, but it's certainly not true that they are completely immune to it. They're just as likely to catch it. Uh, a new study from China has shown that, that kids are just, like, are just as likely to contract the virus as adults, uh, and in some instances, uh, they're likely to get a very severe infection, uh, which is what happened in this case. They're not certain at the moment if the baby had any underlying health conditions, uh, because we're still seeing as it is with in the adult population, uh, kids with underlying health ex uh, conditions are more vulnerable to COVID nineteen. But certainly, it's it's heartbreaking that um, that Connecticut witnessed its uh, first pediatric fatality. Uh, but if it reminds people to be a little bit more sensible, don't be don't be blasé when it comes to your children and coronavirus. I think hopefully uh, that'll be a small positive to come out of this tragic incident. Yeah, I mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. What we don't know about the fatalities are what the underlying conditions are. And so I think if we had a little bit more information about that, that would definitely be helpful. But as we can imagine, you know, we're talking now into the tens of thousands, so it's just not mm. possible. Well, in the, in the US, they're, they're really worried about kids at the moment because... If you talk about underlying health conditions, uh, something like two in 10 American kids are obese, which counts as an underlying health condition that could make them more vulnerable to the coronavirus. That's right. And so in a lot of Western countries, you have to ask yourself, you know, are our populations really that healthy? Uh, there are a lot of people who you, you automatically think, you know, do they have a, a respiratory illness, but it can be a things like obesity, uh, things like heart conditions, a lot of other medical conditions that people have because of uh, our Western lifestyles that could make them more vulnerable to this disease. So the best advice is to take it seriously, wash your hands, stay away from other people uh, and try your best not to catch it. That's right. Please follow the advice. And in the UK, the Wimbledon, Wimbledon closed for the first time since World War II. Yeah, everybody seems really hit pretty hard yeah. by that. The fact that the fact that it was I don't think it was a shock to anybody that it would have to be cancelled. Everything is being cancelled. Uh but the fact that nothing since World War II has been able to stop the most yeah. famous tennis tournament on the planet is just a reminder of how much COVID-19 has reshaped life on, on Earth uh, in the last couple of months. There is a little bit of good news, a little bit of good news from the UK. An Oxford-based firm uh, that uses artificial intelligence is going to be road testing 15,000 drugs using AI for their effectiveness as a treatment for COVID-19. So they're able to process this vast amount of data and hopefully find an existing drug that has already passed through human trials that might have effectiveness against the disease and they should have an answer in six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's terrific. Um, well, Commissioner Chris Dawson, he was very, very busy again today and he announced the establishment of this 13 COVID hotline, which is 13 26 843. And that's the number you can call if you're looking for advice on anything to do with COVID, particularly surrounding movements within the state and crossing borders and those sorts of things. But another thing that he, he um, announced today to his forces was that they were going to have to shave their beards off. Well, I actually heard about this yesterday. Uh, an announcement went out to the cops saying, uh, I'm assuming it's all male police officers, if you have facial hair, shave it off ASAP. You have a day to shave it off because your your protective facial masks won't fit properly if you have a beard. Uh, now, my understanding from the police that I've spoken to is the news was met with, look, I think the most diplomatic way to say it is bemusement because most police officers in Western Australia haven't actually been supplied with 
PPE because there is none. There's none to go around. Uh, and so they're saying, I'm going to shave off my beard for a mask, but you're not giving me a mask. Uh, and, so, and so, yeah, there was a few raised eyebrows uh, amongst WA police officers today. Uh, not that it's bad advice. I think it's probably great advice from Chris Dawson. And I know the, the police commissioner and the state government are working very hard to secure PPE for the police. Uh, they'll have to wait for it along with everybody else, unfortunately. Well, if Seven West Media decides that we have to wear masks, you're going to have to whip out the razor yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Now, moving to America, Dolly Parton. I love Dolly Parton. And she's known as the book lady because she (laughs) writes all these books. So she's a singer and she writes these books. Um, And she's got this amazing little project that she's working on, which I think is probably going to go around the world. Well, look, she only works nine to five, as we all know, <laughs> but, but, but she's an icon and she's donated a million dollars to help uh, fund coronavirus research, which is, which is fantastic. And she started a Good Night with Dolly uh, project where she'll be on YouTube every night uh, reading stories for kids to help them go to sleep and singing them lullabies. And it's just amazing. Let's have a little listen. Well, hello, Miss Dolly, climbing the stairway to heaven Cause this virus has scared the H-E-double-L out of us <laughs> I think she'll probably be singing nursery rhymes on her actual show. She will, yes. <laughs> that's the adult version. <laughs> yeah, and so that's going to be on YouTube. Uh, it's going to be every Thursday at 7pm Eastern Time in America. Uh, and so whatever time that is in Australia, I guess Friday, well, Wednesday night maybe, Friday morning? Yes, yes. <laughs> Figure it out. You'll find it. Dolly Parton's <laughs> not hard to find on YouTube. And that's gonna, she's going to do this for the next 10 weeks. So she's one of a number of celebrities who are finding ways to uh, communicate to their fans and help people through this situation. There's, uh, it's really worth looking at social media and seeing all the great stuff that celebrities are doing to get involved. They're also donating a lot of money. And if the NFL quarterback of the uh, New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, and his wife donated $5 million uh, to help the coronavirus uh, relief effort in his part of the world. It's just fantastic to see uh, everybody chipping in in such yeah. a difficult time. Really good to see. Well, just before you leave, we leave you, um, can you believe it's exactly one month ago that we lined the streets of Canning Highway, 100,000 people? And if you think about that now, you have to be out there in oh, twos. Of course. Highway, Highway to, to hell. hell. Of course. Wow. That's, a, that's incredible. I, seeing all of those people for that event was amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. One of the best things Perth Festival has ever done. And that was, that was a month ago? That was a month ago. It feels ago. like it was another lifetime ago. Yeah, how the world has oh, changed. Wow. It's a different place. Yes. Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe. Well, we will be back with you tomorrow for Coronavirus Watch, and we hope to have your company then. Bye for now.